think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the desert. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody, I want to thank you guys for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to have this conversation. I've been talking to this servant leader today for, you know, a little bit. It's just amazing how servant leaders make it so easy. When God aligns paths to cross, it becomes seemingly easy to align the next speakers. Today, we got servant leader Cecil Shorts, like the third. If you are any part of a sports fanatic, a football fanatic, you know this name, but I love the most about him that since we've been talking before this podcast, the humility that exudes from him. And I'm excited to share with that today. So over the next hour, you're going to grow in faith, sports, and servant leadership. And we're going to introduce Cecil Shorts III. I thank you for your time, my brother. I tell people time is that one important thing in life that once it's given, it can't be given back. So I thank you for your time. I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners, and we're going to get this conversation started. Oh, that's a word right there. Time is something you can't get back. You ain't lying Come about on. that. Um, and what I'm learning, especially um, now and post, I guess, post playing days and retirement, that time is so important. Um, being on a schedule, on a regimen when I was playing, I'm so used to doing it. And then now trying to figure out how to get back on that schedule and how to use my time, manage my time correctly. Um, it's, it's extremely important. So, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited you reached out to me. It's crazy because somehow, we started following each other, right? I know one of my yep. friends, one of my friends, uh, Michael Gray, we went to high school together, went to college together. And one of his dreams is to be a uh, WNBA coach, right? That was his ultimate dream. So nice. he followed tons of basketball coaches all across the globe. And somehow I came across your page and I saw the podcast. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I, I don't remember if I followed you. you follow, I, don't, I don't remember how it went. But I'm like, that's just cool what she's doing. So yeah, I think you got it kind of out of the way. I don't remember who the speaker was that particular day, but you were watching them via Twitter. And then, from, and I appreciate you hit me back. Because sometimes it's hit or miss. You know, I'm never afraid of that word no or, you know, being kind of ghosting. And sometimes, depending on where you are, it may just go into that. <laughs> you responded back, and I'm glad. Oh, that's what's up. You're right. It could be hit and miss. Because a lot of times I don't be looking at stuff. Look, <laughs> I've, look I've learned that. Going. I used to be like, oh, you know, people like, I message her and she messaged me back. But a lot of times what I found, truly, the more followers that you have, and especially if that individual you're not following, they go into a little scam, um, like yeah. scam inbox. It's a separate one. And yeah. sometimes I'll look and I'll see like four messages. I'm like, oh my God, now they think I think I'm big time. I'm not. I just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So I can only imagine if that's happening to me, what you all's inbox looks like. But I'm glad. Here we go. That I'm the one that made it. Through. Well, that's what's up. Um, I see. I've listened to the podcast and I noticed some singing in the beginning. Is that you? That's me, man. You for real? That's me. 
you got some pipes on you. I see you. Oh, I appreciate you it. You know, that's kind of like that that hidden talent. I, I saved that for Tabernacle. Shout out to Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church <laughs> Tallahassee. But, you know, no, that actually just something kind of play with. Believe it or not, I recorded that uh, probably five years ago, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, wow. It's really? Trying to give a shake up to the podcast for our listeners. And I waited to see who actually would be the first person to ask me. And it's you. <laughs> right. Everybody, like somebody said, oh, I love the new intro. But never, you're the first person to ask if it was me, and it is me. Let's go. <laughs> Already, let's get it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It sounded, it kind of, I'm like, I wonder if that's her, just the voices kind of matched up a little bit. And I'm like, she looked like she could sing. Like, she looked like she and somebody choir. People and always like, <laughs> kill me when they say that, that somebody looked like they could sing. It's like, what does that mean? But I get it, because I say- I've been around church all my life, so I- Come on here. <laughs> I love it. And I'm glad that you said that, because that brings me to- my first question for you, you know, a lot of times that faith thing, right? Our journey and life through faith, it, it starts at different paths. You know, you have some people that start later in life. You have some people like you and I, that we grew up in church, right? It was not different. It wasn't, we knew Sunday, Monday, whenever the church opened up, we were going to be in there, right? Talk a right. little bit about the faith journey, the establishment of your faith in Christ. And then what I like to add to a portion of that is, when that faith and knowing of Christ in that relationship branched out for you, knowing him for yourself. Oh, that's good. So um, my dad was, uh, how do I put this? Very involved in the church. Um, he became to know Christ uh, through his grandparents. And um, my, so my great grandparents on his side uh, were founders of a church. And uh, don't get me talking about the name of it because I forget. Um, but he was, so he became, he be, excuse me, he became no Christ through them. And then, so for me and my six siblings, I'm the oldest of six siblings, uh, six siblings, excuse me. We all knew literally in this order, it was God. It was, um, we were in church, we did our schoolwork and it was sports. And that was literally our life to keep us out of trouble. Cause we grew up in kind of the inner city of Cleveland, Ohio. So it was easy to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was easy to get caught up in the streets or do whatever. So his way of keeping us out of trouble was like, yo, we're going to go to church. We're going to be at BBS. We're going to be at, we're going to be in church. <laughs> you Sunday, it I don't care what's going on. We're going we're gonna to be able to do your schoolwork. My mom was heavy on the school side. And then my dad was a coach his entire life. That's how his dad was. My, my grandfather was a professional boxer, which was his dad. And then once my grandfather retired, he taught at a rec center tons of kids and um literally taught all my uncles and aunties all the sports so by seasons they switch sports so the same thing with with me with my father he went by the season it was basketball baseball track football and just, we just rotated all the sports year round um but with that being said he ingrained in us um jesus christ and how much he meant to us and why we're here um he ingrained to us um just the i guess the basic foundations of knowing god Right. So I became um, a believer, I believe, in a third grade. I said that Jesus is my Lord and personal savior. Um, we, were li- we were living in uh, Kent, Ohio. And I don't know if I knew exactly what it meant, but I knew it was important. I don't need to do it. For me, I didn't take hold of my faith. Right. I think for a long time I was depending on my father's prayers. I was depending on my mother's prayers. I didn't have a true relationship with Christ until I got in college. Mm, so. Okay. My freshman, sophomore year, uh, my freshman year was a really rough year for me as far as getting hurt. Um, I was frustrated because I was at a Division three school and I thought I should have won Division one. 
Um, I was in a place where I'm like, you know, what, why am I here? What's going on? I'm better than where I'm at instead of just embracing where I'm at and making the best of it. Um, so there was a SCA group there, um, which to this day, I still communicate with a lot of the guys there. A guy like Judd Lush, Jay Carpenter, Leron Marshall, who happened to be my best friend, was the best man in my wedding. And we kind of encouraged each other to be able to be at SCA. And then from there, I really started to branch out and create my own space and my own relationship with Christ. So for me, it took a while. <laughs> I had to bump my head a few times. I had to be on my own. Um, I had to stop, like I said, stop depending on the prayers of my mom and dad, but build my own relationship with Christ. I'm not saying don't stop praying for me. I need those prayers. I got, <laughs> That's right. I got to pray for myself those. too, right? <laughs> got to build that relationship myself so he can speak to me and I can understand when he's speaking, how he's speaking, and why he's speaking. I think that's good. And I think it's one of those things that all of us have experienced. All of us kind of go through one of those common threads that I hear often is that college piece or when I branched out and moved on my own and started my job, right? And, and I love that because what those prayers of our parents and our grandparents, I tell people that all the time, I'm a product of my grandparents and my mom's prayers. Like there are days where I'm like, I knew. I, know, I don't even have to know that you did. You don't have to tell me. I know that that yeah those literally carved up harvested acorn prayers that caught me through and brought me through but I love how you said it that you learned to depend on your own prayers you learned that that foundation that was built don't stop praying for me because I need them but I also learned to hear the voice of him for myself and, yeah. and, and 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 ask for him to come in for myself and I think that's huge and it comes a lot of times when we're independent and when we face a point in life where we don't have the answers and can't yeah. Answers right, and I always mention one of my favorites, Christine Kane, where she always says, "Impossible is where God starts," and He does that because there doesn't need to be a question. You know, I, I think about uh, Coach Carter in the movie. He's like, "I did that. I did." You know, and we <laughs> do that all the time. So often in life, we do things and we don't realize Christ put me there. But it's like, yep. yeah, "I did this. I did that." And so when those impossible moments come in, those impossible situations, there's no question, right? You look and say, I know, I know that was God. And I think that that is that definition, that defining moment where it starts to separate how I know him and how I know him for myself. No, nah, that's real. There's so many moments I can look back to that I know for a fact that was him. I know for a fact that, um, like you said, you're the product of prayers from your family members. I, I can name them off the top of my head. Like, I know this is my dad's dream for me. Necessarily wasn't my dream. To be in the NFL, I'm, that was my dad's prayers. That was my, <laughs> you know what I mean? That was the path that the Lord led me to. But to make it from a Division three school where nobody gets, rarely gets drafted. I'm paying my mm -hmm. way through school. I'm working on roofs. I'm trying to provide for my son. Like, it's just like he paved the way. I had to be obedient. I had to... Uh, have faith. I had to be patient at times. I had to sit there and be still, which is one of the hardest things ever is to not depend on yourself when you feel like you've done the work, if that makes sense. Like you feel like you've done everything, but it's like still nothing's happening, but you got to sit back and you got to have faith. You got to be like, oh, let me be still. Let me do what I can. I'm not trying to go all the way out my way, trying to figure out everything because where's God going to work? How's Come he going to show Yeah. Come on now. That's it. And it just, it, it falls in line with, you know, devotion I was listening to this morning and, you know, something I just kind of been meditating on all day today where, you know, Anthony, uh, Pastor Anthony Evans, uh, he's amazing and his whole entire family is. And he was just, absolutely, you know, <laughs> the simple fact that just like your car, right? 
he's like, I don't know if y'all bowed it like me and, you know, right on, you know, on empty. That's me, right? I'm not those people that once it gets to have, like, no, let me see like I'm gangster. Like, I'm a C. I know my car, right? What's the meme say? I know my car. That's me. <laughs> so he said the same thing is, you know, how it works with our faith. And the same thing how mm-hmm. with, you know, our relationship with Christ is that the further we go on E, that we don't tap into him to stay fueled up. Of course, when you go to gas up, the longer it's going to seem you're waiting to get back on F. And that threw me for a loop because when you mentioned that waiting process, right? When we pray, we want things immediately, right? right. We want want God to just come up and show up and show out in that 30-second button on the microwave, right? But what I've learned and what you just said and what this morning was reinforcement is that a lot of times the blessing is in the waiting. Mm. We need to learn is in the waiting. And we miss that because we wait impatiently. We wait frustrated and selfish, right? That so often we miss why he needed us to wait in that moment to receive the blessing that is meant for us. And that was golden what you just said. No, that's awesome. That's it's such a struggle to wait sometimes. Come in here. Listen, <laughs> it, you said it really is. It's such a struggle to not feel like you have to do everything, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're, I always tell myself, I'm like, if I'm doing everything, where is God going to put the work in? Like, how, how am I, how, I really having faith in him, right? And I know faith without works is dead, right? So I do need to do my part. I can't sit here and, okay, I, I, I want a job and then not fill out any applications or not, you know what I mean, do my part. But at the same time, where does my faith align with with him? Like, where do I really have faith of, of a mustard seed, or am I just truly trusting in myself and giving me all the praise and the glory instead of giving him all the praise and the glory? So that's golden right there, you know. And just to add, not to prolong this, you know, so I because I got more questions for you. Um, but it's just amazing. Uh, there was a uh, David Villa. He's amazing. He actually started in car sales. He is a servant leader himself. Our conversation is on the pot, but. He, it was amazing. Right before I found out I was pregnant, he was on and he talked about the spirit of expectancy. And he sat mm. between that, praying and waiting, and go, a woman going through pregnancy, right? And so, of course, and through that labor pain, right? Then again, this beautiful child comes. It's almost like you forget every process, you know, that has taken place and it's not easy, right? It doesn't feel good, right? You're getting bigger, these symptoms are happening, but then you birth what you've been waiting for and this entire process, that birthing process takes place. And now this gift, this product has made its way, right? But you had to wait. And so sometimes these babies don't come at full term. They come early, right? They come premature. And when you come premature, you're missing some of the full product. You're missing Mm -hmm. the full evolution of the product. And so the same thing happens with our blessings from Christ when we're praying. He needs us to stand still, no matter how hard it is to wait, to make sure that that blessing is fully birthed the way he wants and intends for us to. And I'm glad you said that because that bridges to the gap that not only you're a man of God, but you're also a husband and a father, right? I think that that is amazing because uh, you have to bridge those pieces. When we talk about servant leadership, what better place than the leader as servant leader Willie Spears always says to win at home. Talk a yep. little about how your faith established in you helps you to lead as a father, as a husband, and how important that is to you. 
Well, I'll be honest with you. It's, if that's something that, um, as a man, when you're a leader of the household, it's a huge responsibility. And I was able to watch my dad <clears throat> do marvelous things with us as far as leading his household. And little nuggets that I didn't realize he was, or the foundation that he laid, I didn't necessarily realize that at the point in time it was going on. So for me, number one, nothing comes before the Lord and then my family. Um, I love coaching football. Um, I'm excited to be at the dean of students of over the middle school at Second Baptist. But one thing my dad did, my dad was a PE teacher. He was a head football coach, head track coach, baseball. Um, he ain't coached it all. But he never put anything or treated any child. And he poured into many of lives over 20 plus years. He never treated any family or any child better or more than he did his own family. And that was his rule. I will never give more to somebody else's child than my own. I will never pour into somebody else's child when I'm not pouring into my own, right? And I make sure I'm taking care of my family first. Then I can go out there and pour into other kids. But if I'm not pouring into my family, I'm, I'm working backwards. So for me, it's literally everything. Um, I do my best when it comes to, uh, I, I listen to Tony Evans. I read his book, Kingdom Man. Uh, I, I follow him wholeheartedly. And um he is big on a few things as far as eating together as a family. I think that's huge. I got seven kids. <laughs> eating together as a family. That's right. <laughs> mess. It's a complete mess. I got triplets that are two years old. There's food everywhere. There's stuff going on. But that time together, that time that we get to spend together, hang out together, just checking up. Hey, what was the best part of your day? Hey, what was the part of your days you can improve on? okay what's the part of your day that you feel like God helped you with what's the part of your day did you pray did you talk to God today um having bible study with my children really and it's tough right because I'm I'll come home from work sometimes and I'm tired I'm not trying to be bothered I'm not trying to do nothing um but figuring out ways to pour into my kids the word of God maybe as okay if I'm tired let's let's watch something on YouTube let's go to YouTube and watch a 15 minute bible story and let's talk about it. Let's, let's have a conversation about it. Let's make sure, okay, they're talking about giving and serving. How can we serve in our household first? How can we serve each other first? And then let's go out and serve the world, right? How can we be better for each other first? How can we treat each other better and then go out and treat and be kind to everybody else? So for me, that's just, I try, and I'm not perfect at all. I'm nowhere near it. Um, my wife would tell you that. But, <laughs> but I, I truly tried to um, lead my family the way God, I guess, inspires me to lead, but the way we're supposed to, per se. Um, and I, I got tons of examples from my dad. I, I just feel like I'm blessed to have a good father, have a good mother, um, so that we sit down on Christmas Day and we go through our routine of, of of praising the Lord and, 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 and reading the Bible and my kids taking turns reading and the whole night. It's just trying to make sure they understand how important it is, right? Trying to make sure they understand to have their own relationship with Christ, having their own journal to write in, um, having their own prayer time to spend time with each other um, and try to just make sure they understand um, who Jesus is, why is he important, um, the difference between uh, what they hear out in the world and what is reality, you know what I mean? Um, not letting the world try to 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 not letting the world or or the outside, um, I guess, really mature them or or teach them something that's not of God, it's not of the Bible, right? And that and that's a struggle. 
that's it's honestly a struggle because today's world is so different than how I grew up. Right, I'm 33 yes, years old, but it's so different. They are able to experience so much more and get so much more at a quicker pace, and it takes no effort. You can get everything you need on this device called a phone. Like you can get everything you need on the on on certain YouTubes, on computers and laptops. Um, so it's had to be very mindful. Um, one thing I think I know from for a fact I need to improve on is consistency. Um, but as far as like disciplining my children, I, I get on them. But I'm a lover. <laughs> <laughs> I got five, I got five girls, Chelsea. So it's like, oh uh, yeah. Yes, I get on That's you, it. I talk to you, boom, boom, boom. I let you know what's going on. Sometimes I gotta do what I gotta do, but then I love on you. I give you a hug and a kiss, and I hug you. And you come lay with me, we watch, we watch whatever, or we chill. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I might be rambling. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're right on point. I'm sorry. I might I might be rambling, but the moral of the story is I'm I'm trying my best to lead my family. I'm not perfect. Um, I had a great great example with my parents and how they led us and how my dad led his family, um, putting his wife first, um, then the kids and really pouring into them. It's tough because I struggle with, like I said, I have seven kids. I struggle with, I'm just gonna be honest with you, why not have an open, honest conversation, right? How, you know, having time to spend with my wife mm-hmm. and then having time to spend with each kid. Yeah. Pouring into them and then, okay, it's like, what do I have left to pour into myself? Yeah. Like my, my cup is half empty. So what I'm learning is, is I need time to refresh myself to be a better leader. Come on. I need, I need time to refill my cup. That's it. Whether that's me going for a walk, you know, put the kids down. I'm going for a walk, babe. I'll I see, I see you in a little bit. That's taking time to myself. Whether it's me just sitting on the couch or maybe having a, a staycation, like, hey, y'all, I'm, I'm going to go upstairs and sleep here. Or just, just finding finding different ways to refill my cup, wherever, wherever, however that is needed, right? Because I can't be the best I can be for my family if I'm not refreshed myself. And that's something I had to learn because I was terrible at it. I'm trying to... Feels that I'm trying to be there for my wife, be there for every single kid, be there at my job, be there here, be there for this, for my uncle, for my auntie, for, for my sister, brother, mom and dad. And it's like, I'm not even giving them anything good because I'm, I'm pouring out of an empty, empty cup. You know what I mean? So it's like, I had to refresh myself. I had to be intentional about spending time with the Lord yes. because I, didn't, I get in the habit of pouring into everybody else or getting caught up in work or getting caught up in doing this and that. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Guys, like, hey, when are you gonna spend time with me? And as a leader of the household, it's like, yes. yo, how, how am I telling them to do something and I'm not doing it myself? And yeah. it's funny, kids will hold you accountable, whether you like it or not. Kids, oh, kids you will hold you, you accountable. <laughs> with you the greatest memory that there is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I, I battle with that, but I'm learning. And I, I feel like I'm trying to get better. I feel like I am getting better, learning how to refresh myself so I can be the best leader I can be for my household. I think that's golden. I think that is amazing. I think it is one of the things that we all as leaders struggle with, right? Because you feel as if, you know, what do you do? I was saying this to somebody, what do you do when everything's a priority? Mm. You know, I was telling somebody this a couple of years ago, they had jumped into coaching, you know, and I said, I'm going to actually give you my best advice with a question. And it's a question that you're going to constantly have to ask yourself, yourself, what do you do when everything is a priority, right? And what I had to learn was simply what you just said. You have to understand that although those things are priority, if I'm not full throttle, it doesn't matter. You know, I was right. 
it reminds me of a conversation I had. Um, and you hear me mention other servant leaders, and we were on with Willie Spears and uh, Kendra Aaron. We were on that day, and we were talking. And we were talking about how, um, you know, of course, servers at a restaurant. Okay, when I go to a restaurant, it's not much that you're going to really have to do for me. One, please food hot if it's intended to be hot. Right, if it's supposed to be cold, make sure it's cold, right? But let's just make sure it's how it's supposed to be. And then keep my, my drink continuously refilled. If you can do those things, you're gonna automatically get a tip from me because I just believe in tipping. But you're gonna get a great tip if you can do those two things. But we laugh because we talked about the simple fact that when that person comes to continuously refill you, how much better you feel about their service, right? But we also talked about Kool-Aid, all right? And we said, Kool-Aid is representative of you and I as leaders, right? So you put your Kool-Aid in and please don't take your measuring cup out for the Kool-Aid, okay? See, so I pray you don't do that. I pray. It's, Absolutely not. It's like it should come from your soul, right? It's like the Lord <laughs> says, stop pouring, right? And so <laughs> we pour into the Kool-Aid, right? And we stir, 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 and it's perfect. But see, here's the thing. We all have been there with Kool-Aid, tea, lemonade, pick your flavor, right? But whatever the case may be, we've all been there when we get to the very bottom. You get to the very and what's there, right? The sugar that's dissolved to the bottom, the residue, yep. right? It's just not the best part as when you made the first pour. So I say all that to say is when I talk to that coach and I'm talking to you about leading, you're so right about refreshing ourselves because when we don't refresh ourselves and we keep pouring and we keep pouring and we keep pouring, what started out being that amazing, nice, sweet, touched by the Lord cup of Kool-Aid, Right. And now becomes that gunky, right, overly sweet yeah. residue that you're pouring yeah. out, giving to people. And yeah. now it's not what they need. So your dishes yeah. are good, but it's not what they need. So in order to pour, we have to pour from cups that are refreshed, refilled. And that starts by refreshing ourselves first. That was perfect, Cecil. That was perfect. Nah, that's, you guys, you hit the right nail on the head. I mean... You got to be refreshed. You got to be, it's so hard to learn though, because I think all of us have a pride about ourselves that we can, we can mm -hmm. do, right? Mm -hmm. Or we have a heart that we want to help others. We want to serve, right? want to be That's there. For them. So it's like, I, I can do it. But if you're not refreshing yourself, like you said, it's going to be that gunk at the bottom. It's not going to be what they need. It's not going to be um, anything that they can take away from. So that's, that's I awesome. I agree. That's perfect, you know, and and then and, and speaking of that and that juggling of time, I can only imagine, right, so we're going to kind of steer the ship a little bit to this amazing career a lot of us witness you have, right? You already talked about how majority of the time, and I say this as a mentor and a coach of young people, right, you went to a division three, right? Nine times out of 10, you know, we hear this all the time. Oh my goodness, hearing about offers this and offers that and it's D1 or bust, right? She went to Division Three, did amazing, right? Had a career in the NFL that we all watched and witnessed. Talk, talk about one, that moment, right? Where, much like you said at the beginning of this conversation, right? I, I, that was kind of my, my turn into developing a relationship with Christ because I went to D3 and I felt I was supposed to go to a D1, right? And that's a testimony in itself. And then he worked it out, out for my good, off of the prayers of my parents and all this, I end up in the NFL, right? And now I have this career that many people shoot for, long for to actually just hold a space. Talk to us about that career in the NFL, those journeys kind of playing through those teams, 
and how literally, as they say, I know it was a God that really allowed you to be there when most would say D1 or bust. Oh, okay. Uh, I might talk long. <laughs> You're good, man. Go. So, like, uh, just going back to D3 or bust, right? So, I I mean, D1 or bust. I, I think, um, as most athletes do, um, as most coaches do, you, you think the most of yourself, right? You know what you can do. You know what type of player, type of coach you can be. So, I played four sports in high school. Uh, baseball, basketball, football, track. My junior and senior year, I decided to drop baseball and basketball and just focus on football and track. And um, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get faster with football. That's what I love. That's what I do. And just track. I just love competing. If that makes sense. So track, I was pretty good at. But I just love the the intentionality about it's you versus me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's gonna be who's the better person. I train my butt Let's see if you train just like me. You know what I mean? So I just love the the competing part. Um, so when it comes my junior year, I'm getting attention. My dad was my high school coach. That's a battle and a talk conversation in itself. I can only um, imagine. <laughs> Cause for real quick, when you get criticized by your dad and he's your head coach and you're at practice, it's hard to not feel like he's picking on you. It's hard to separate the coach and the dad, right? So I have battled with that and I wasn't good at taking criticism up until my like going into my senior year where it's like, they're not here to hurt me. They're here to help me. And when my dad's on the, on the field, he, I'm calling, I call him coach, coach shorts. He's not, he's here for the betterment of he's yes. He wants to see me succeed. He's not trying to hurt me, but he's trying to help the team as well. So I don't need to take this criticism to heart. Right. I don't need to take what he's saying or anybody saying to heart, just take it learn from it and move on so it took a while for me to take criticism which is which i find uh interesting i do a decent a decent job at it today um <laughs> but my senior year we go seven and three and i'm getting looked at by some mid-major division ones i'm getting phone calls getting written messages we're conversating weekly once december hits boom everybody disappears and I'm like, whoa, this is the wrong time for y'all to be disappearing. Signing day in February. Like, That's right. That's right. <laughs> where, where y'all at? Where the dial, redial button at? Like, what's going on? And um, one school, I'm pretty sure they were going to offer me. They fired the whole staff, University of Buffalo. Oh, Akron, yeah. I'll never forget this. University of Akron, I went down there probably like seven, eight times during that summer. They called me and told me to come down for combines, for camps, for seven-on-sevens. And there was one seven-on-seven where the whole staff watched me. And when I mean I showed my behind, I mean, I, I was a quarterback now. I threw like three or four touchdowns. I caught an interception, ran it back to the house, and the whole staff was sitting right there. I get there and yell like, ah, like I'm, I'm just going off. I'm about to make the offer. And I didn't, but I left confident. Like, I'm, I'm going to be all right. Right. But when December came, nothing happened. Everybody disappeared. Akron asked me to walk on. And I'm like, what's going on? Up until about February, didn't hear from anybody. There was a lot of uh people calling me to walk on or just lower level division threes or schools that I didn't I didn't think of and I overlooked right looking back at that now and I don't think I treated nobody rudely and this might be off but I'm looking at athletes now and they feel like they're too they're they're better than a school they're better than a division three division two or NAI they better and looking at it now it's like if you get an opportunity to play collegiate, any sport, any any collegiate sport, 
take advantage of it. Come Be on. great. Because once it's done, it's done. There's no going back trying to get back in shape. and It's, it's over. They're going to move on to the next recruiting class and get somebody else. So if you That's get an opportunity, it. whether it's one, D1, two, three, whatever it is, NAIA, whatever, take full advantage. Be grateful. Because there's millions and millions and millions. And I used to, I used to know the statistics. Tons of high school athletes. Boom. College, collegiate, way smaller. And then it goes short and it goes and gets smaller and smaller as you go up. So be grateful. Be humble. Because these athletes today, and I'm talking like I'm, you know, 100 years old. These, these athletes today. <laughs> are I hard. do the same thing. No, but it, it truly is needed. It's necessary. It is. It's like, if I'm not going D1, I don't want to play no more. And I've seen so many people say that. And then they're like, man, I wish I would have played. Mm-hmm. Duh. Like, take advantage <laughs> of that opportunity to get an education, to go learn new experiences, to, to be in a new city, to be, meet new people, to have new friends, and to continue to play the game that you love. Like, yeah. when that's over, it's over. But anyway, sorry. You're so uh, I, I got I got sidetracked. I told them I'm gonna no, talk. No, that about was it. necessary. Uh, <laughs> that was a whole word needed for it. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to let my babies, my whole uh, all my football players tomorrow when I go into summer school, they're gonna have to hear this because yes, necessary. I mean, I mean, and you're in Florida, and Florida's yeah. different. Like it's different there, right? That's one thing I learned. One of my, some of my best friends I, I had in college, they were in my wedding, are from Florida. It's a whole nother breed. <laughs> you can say that out there is a whole nother breed. <laughs> say that again, okay? <laughs> Everybody thinks they're gonna make it. Everybody got this mindset, right? But that's that's a whole nother topic we can talk about another time. Um, but I felt like because I didn't get a division one scholarship, I was a failure. Okay. That's what I felt like. I let my family down. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Fast forward to I, I go to University of Mount Union because I feel like they want it. I felt like they were loved. You know, they, they, they wanted me to come there and they were an established program. In high school, my mom, I'm sorry, my dad and I kind of built the program. We were not good. And in my, my junior senior year, we were pretty good and we established something. We built a culture. So yeah. I went to Mount Union and Mount Union is like the Alabama or the Clemsons, the Georgias of Division Three. They have 13, 14 national championships now. When I was in school, we went to five straight uh, NCAA Division Three national championship games. That's just what it was. We were that good. Um, and then I didn't, the NFL wasn't a reality for me until two things. Number one, Pierre Garcon got drafted, I think my red shirt, like sophomore year or red mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah, red shirt freshman year going to my sophomore year. He got drafted six rounds to the Colts. And I'm like, wait a second. Right. This can happen. Like, I can, I can change my family's life. And this, this is for real. So I'm like, okay, cool. Long story short, end up switching positions to wide receiver. And then Pierre graduated and I was next up and I decided to take a leap of faith. And I'm like, I'm just going to put in work. And when I mean put in work, I mean, I stayed down to school. I was working a nine to five after my nine to five. I'll train from probably six to about eight, nine o'clock at night. And I did that five, six days a week, just grinding, just going. I was out there and I was always, my dad always told me you to make it out of division three. You can't just be good. You got to dominate. You got to mm-hmm. prove, you got to prove you don't belong. So my mindset was I have to prove every single game, every single day I don't belong. So if I'm going to outwork anybody, especially to be in Division Three, I got to outwork the number three receiver or the backup at Ohio State. I got to mm-hmm. outwork the, the backup at the University of Texas or the backup at the University of Florida State or Florida State University, excuse me, that's going to get an opportunity before I do, right? I, I got to put mm-hmm. the work in to even get noticed. And um, long story short, I had three wonderful years there, won a couple championships. And my going into my senior year, it came, it became a reality and 
going to the NFL because it was a dream, but I wasn't like thinking about it. And then agent after agent, scout after scout started calling me that summer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dad, what'd I do? I called my dad like, hey, what'd I do? So we set up a plan where any agent that would call me, I would give them to my dad and my dad would do what he do with them. So long story short, it was hundreds of agents calling. And I'm very fortunate because Pierre Garçon was having success. Mm-hmm. The NFL is a copycat league. They find yeah. one guy doing well, they're going to go back and see if they can find somebody else. So him having success brought more attention on me and the scouts were going crazy. So my dad met with about 50 scouts or 50, excuse me, 50 agents. Um, he dwindled it down to three. I met with the final three and I decided which one I wanted to go with. Um, then from there, you know, the combine training, all that stuff. But it's crazy how just the Lord was working because I wasn't even thinking about mm-hmm. this stage you know what I mean I, it was a dream right but I'm not I'm not thinking about it's really going to happen or I'm not thinking yeah. about oh my gosh this is it and when it all happens and when it all comes to play so when I get drafted on day three of the NFL draft in the fourth round 2011 I'm like it felt like uh, like surreal and I could right. only I, I could only believe I, it was no other thought process than this is the lowest working yeah for because sure. I'm not I'm not I'm I'm there was nothing I could do. Like, there's nothing I could do more, right? I did what I could, and then he took the rest of it. So it's like, I it's, it's hard to explain, but it was a surreal feeling, like almost an out-of-body experience. I'm sitting here, like, I'm looking at myself, and I'm like, we did it. Yeah. Like, we we made it. Now, from that point on, I dealt with some battles because I, I was praying on it. My parents were praying on it. We got the opportunity. I got to change my family's life, but it's like, now all the other battles start coming up when you make the leap. Oh, of course. Come on now. Now all the other stuff comes with making the leap, or there's temptations, whether it's uh, money-hungry people, whether it's learning how to manage your money, whether it's preparing for the offseason, whether it's learning how to be a professional. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be a professional my, my, my rookie year. I had to learn how to study plays. and I mean, I was in the same – I was in college. I knew a playbook like the back of my hand. It's not going to change. I was there five years. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to do this. But learning how to study a playbook, mm-hmm. uh, learning how to pay bills and use auto pay and, uh, you know, try to build my credit and this learning all the real life stuff. I'm like, yo, right. what the heck is going on? So for me, when that stuff came up, it was like I started having a lot of doubt. Mm-hmm. And I started dealing with a lot of fear. And I started looking at other people like, yo, he's a, he went to USC. Or he went to Ohio State like I'm not worthy to be here gotcha so I'm like you know I'm struggling with this my whole rookie year like man you know am I really that good I'm dealing with confidence issues and I'm like why are you complaining about something that you prayed for Mm. like why are you giving up about something that you truly want why are you giving up on something that the Lord blessed you with so going into my second year in the league you know and as you know, the Bible says that he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, right? He doesn't give us a spirit of, 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 of fear. So it's like, why go in here fearful? Why do I have to worry? Learn how to be a pro, which I, I learned from one of the best. I learned from Larry Fitzgerald, um, who I, I got a chance to work out with a few summers. And I really just literally, in my mind, I wrote down every single, single thing he did. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to mock every single thing he did. And I took it to my game and brought it back to me to where I was in Jacksonville. And that that changed my life. 
just learning from uh, another professional that's been there and done that, being humble enough, being open enough, right? I think sometimes we're not open enough to be able to take things from other people. Um, <clears throat> but in the nutshell, it was, it was a dream come true. It was amazing. Um, but I definitely dealt with some battles, consistent battles with confidence and doubt and fear just simply because of, you know, the devil works too. The devil work hard. I'll be honest with you. The devil work hard. He worked overtime. He worked. overtime. And it's like, I look back on it, it's like, why was I doubting myself? You know what I mean? Why was I questioning what was going on? Why was I not just simply believing in myself? But it was, it was hard. I'm just being honest with you. It was hard. It took some time for me to really believe in myself and start focusing in and saying this, you can do this. Um, and really trusting in the Lord. So for me, having that own relationship and that own faith, it became rocky at one point, right? It's like, yo, why you put me here? <laughs> like, you knew I couldn't handle this or you put me here for a reason. And I need to develop and I need to develop as a man, develop in my faith, uh, develop as a, as a future husband, as a father. Um, so it's a lot of lessons I think I learned. I'm, and I'm rambling, you can stop me anytime, but You're there was- I learned, man, during that time, it was it was uh, essential for me to go through and essential for me to learn so I could teach my kids, right? I could teach mm -hmm. the kids I'm coaching. Um, I can be there for different people um, and understand like, hey, when you doubt yourself or when you have mm -hmm. fear and how to go about it, so. I think that's not a ramble though, see, so it, it's evident and the picture has to be painted, right? Because I, I feel that I talk about all the time, I don't want a surgeon, right? Who's like, okay, well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want anyone leading me who hasn't had to be in that space that you mentioned, you know, honestly, I have to be open to take help. That was the biggest thing that punched out of me out of what you said, right? So many and so often we find ourselves where, you know, it's a meme I saw there one time and it says, it's so sad that we basically are, I forget, I forget how it said it, but it was so powerful. It was like, you know, we're treating the people that God sent to help us poorly, right? We're warding off the people that God sent to come and assist you because we're saying they're trying to help on us, but they're actually trying to correct us because they've been in that space. Yeah. The other portion of that is you allowed and took us down that road of how, you know, what our kids see those, you know, your own kids, those that you coach, right? My baby's at school. What they see is like, oh yeah, NFL, that's what I'm trying to go, right? But they don't see how you literally painted the picture that you walked in. The true, the trueness of now I'm here, now what? Right? <laughs> now the real work begins, right? Yeah, you know, right. but you said something so powerful to how are we going to complain about the things we prayed and asked God for? That is so big because here's the thing. It kind of goes back to the very beginning of our conversation when we pray and ask God for these blessings to wait for them, right? Did we get what he needed us to get in that waiting? Did we prepare in the waiting, right? So often we're praying for things and now did I prepare for it? I tell people all the time, you know, if, if it is indeed that you're praying for Christ to do this for you, if it's his will, it's gonna be done. But what are you doing to ensure that you walk in it when it takes place? Yeah. To ensure that you can walk in it, assume the position. And I think everything that you said truly really designed 
what happens when God answers prayers, as you say, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Right. Doesn't mean that he just hands everything over to you on a platter, right? But he will equip you, right? Yes. He will allow you to grow. And that is what you painted. So it wasn't a ramble. It was definitely everything we needed, but I totally am sitting here. You should see it. I circled around about five times. How do <laughs> you complain about things we pray to God for? Ain't that something? Yeah. You know, I just wish I could have like a split second. It need to be a full one of how he looks at me. Right? Because I know he's like, yeah, she go, really? Really? Like, you forget I'm God? Like, I know he sits there. I know, how, I know. Like, I can only imagine how he sits and looks at us sometimes and it's like, here goes Cecil. Why is he tripping? He asked yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. But it's just amazing how God works. But I want to delve a little bit into those challenges, right? Well, I want to delve into those, not just, you know, associated with prof- your professional career, but in life in general. You know, my grandparents, my mom will always talk to me about, you have to keep a scripture in your heart. You have to keep a word in your heart, right? So that when those hearts do come, and that's why I love when you mentioned God and give me the spirit of fear right? It wasn't something that you just kind of looked down at. It came out fluidly. And I can only imagine how many times you had to say that to yourself in those moments you just discussed. One time yeah. you are, right? When you are trying to press your way or refresh yourself, or you're dealing with a moment, doesn't have to be a designated scripture, but a scripture could be, could be a quote, anything like that. But what is that one scripture or that one word you keep in your heart so that when times throw you off balance, it reminds you, hey, 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 God has this. What's that for you? Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Come on here. It's, it's, to me, it's like, it's like, my, uh, like my saving grace. I'm stressed yeah. out. Um, I may feel lost or confused or how to uh, go about something um, or a hard time comes. Like, let me, let me get my mind back right. Let me seek first him in all situations, right? And then he will steer my path straight or he will make everything all right. So it's just like, um, I don't have tattoos, but if I had tats, that would probably be one of my first ones. It's just a reminder for me. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. Like, seek him first. So I try to keep that in my mind, like, during tough times, okay, let me seek him. During good times, all right, let me seek him. During times I'm confused or lost, let me seek him. Let me get his wisdom. Let me just spend time with him. Let me just praise him. For everything he's protected me from things I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, things I'm thinking like oh, I might be frustrated like wow this not happening right now but he's protecting me for something Come he's on. saving me from something because if this happened right now I wouldn't be ready or I wouldn't be able to handle or something something crazy might happen I don't I don't know I don't know how he works he he works in in, in marvelous ways right in mysterious ways so it's like for me seek him first before I do anything and that and that's a battle I'll be honest with you it's a battle it is it's a battle but that's that's my reminder that's that's what i go to that that's my go-to verse is matthew 6 33 i think it's golden and it, it is amazing because i actually tweeted that um what two days ago i believe um it's right on time it's just really right in sync of just what i've just kind of been like i told you meditating on this week and i had to go back and pull it back up and i said that you know could you just imagine how god would work on our behalf if we seek him first instead of calling on him when everybody on our call list doesn't answer. Mm. And and isn't that what happens, right? So I try everything else. You know, one of my favorite gospel songs is Stan, right? But then I was listening to that in this same week. (laughs) And it says, after you've done all you can. Mm -hmm. Stan, right? (laughs) And 
I'm with that. Donnie, I'm with you. If for some reason you ever hear this, please know I'm not coming for you. I love the song. But it was just in that moment of thinking about Seeky first and going him first and making that a habit. That's really what I've been on, right? And it's amazing how we will. We will go through my call list. I'll text. I'll reach out to family members. I'll go here, here, here. And then it's like, well, that didn't work. All right, Lord, now here I am. And it's like, for real? Now I watched you go here, there, there, here, there, here to all of the things that are imperfect. Yeah. And I no shame and no secret. He said it. I'm jealous, God. Dad. Went to, amen. <laughs> hey, sweetie. I love the many leaders. But you go to all different places, right? You go to every single place first. And then when those don't work out, which why did you think that they would? Because I'm the perfect one. Now you come to me. And it's amazing because in that moment, I said, I, that's, that's like me going, and I love all my kids, all my players from every year. But that's like me going to my third string putting them in yeah yeah all of these things and once we down by 30 i'm going to my leading score and expecting her to just do a miracle yeah why would we do that yeah do that and so the thing you said best is i gotta learn to seek him first because he even blocks and wards off the things yeah can't see yeah he, he's we we think we want everything right now we we think we want it how we want it and we got to remember like you mentioned it earlier if it's in his will it's gonna happen if it's in his will if it's in his plan it's gonna happen but we can't necessarily write our own story so That's why right. am I trying to write my own story like why am i not seeking him first right and you're right it's so easy to go through the call log let me call my best man oh, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me call so and so let me let me do talk to this person and that person like Hey, did you talk to God? Come on. <laughs> oh, come on, let me get to it. Like, no, nah, like that should be the first thing. The first person, excuse me, you should be talking to. That's the first person. That's the first person you should be seeking. And then from there, go to your call list or whatever the case may be. But um, that's something, yeah, for sure. For sure. A verse I try to depend on, a verse um, I try to live by. And that's something that obviously I can, I know I for sure we all can improve on. Yeah, for sure. And um, again, it, it is a conscious practice that I really I do because we don't realize how robotic it is how area yeah. has become it's natural it's natural yeah. because we're natural centers right but it's natural believe this happened <laughs> you know yeah. and it's yeah. like really okay but just how much if we can literally like uh, Joyce Meyer says this all the time she was like get your get off Facebook and put your face in the book right mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm you just imagine and sometimes I do and, and I'm, I chuckle and laugh right good bad or indifferent I'll pick up my phone and it's like nope mm-mm. and I'm intentional about that now and what I found is that much like Tony Evans and Anthony Evans and the whole Evans clan right mm-hmm. uh Priscilla Shire all Shire all them right one of the things that they continuously speak upon which I love is making it a practice and as Tony Evans says all the time, is that we can't have that power, right? Until we recognize that it becomes a day to day, just as you wake up and brush your teeth, as you yeah. wake up and take a shower, 
as you wake as you wake up and breathe. Yeah. When you recognize and develop that relationship with Christ, so involuntary. At that point, does that power truly the power of Him exude through you because you become completely dependent upon Him? And seek ye first truly does explain that, uplift that, and remind us like seek ye first, not second, not after I told everybody else. Seek Him. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's the biggest thing, though, Cecil. Before I come off this, if we seek Him first, we don't have to do all that extra. No, not need to. <laughs> that's real that's real that's real i can say enough. my words i can say my thumbs from a text my carpet tunnel i can say that because he real. has it you know what i mean and so now my conversations become testimonies as opposed to complaining mm. seek them first and he fixed it so i'm calling complaining to you i'm gonna call and actually witness to you and tell you what did for me mm. that's a word right there come on cecil you're doing it that's- right there. <laughs> I love it, man. You know, as we start to kind of close this thing out, there are, of course, and you listen to the podcast, you know, you, you've tapped in, so you know where I go with this. But one of the things I also love doing in the mornings, and I truly try to make this a routine for myself because storms come, right? And much like you said, even the things that we don't know, you know, come and blindside us. There are things that come that just kind of hurt us, Make life hard, but God still has it. So it's my God is reminder that no matter what I go through, no matter what I endure, that he is all of these things. And so, especially with this being a summer, I have time to kind of leisurely get ready in the morning. And I'll just say God is. And sometimes I'll write it, have a notepad over here with all your gems today, but I'll write it and you'll see it in here. And it's like, God is, and I'll just start writing. Or sometimes it's just in my mental. And I keep going because what I tell myself is, all right, let's see where you stop today. Yep. And the crazy part, Cecil, I don't ever stop. I have to stop myself. You feel me? Like, I don't mm-hmm. stop saying what God is. I have to actually stop myself so that I can get to work or I can move on. Well, you don't get a long list. You only get one, right? So if I wrote this imaginary board right here and I said, God is, and I drew a blank. How would servant leader Cecil Shorts the third fill that blank? God is what? Uh, well, first off, I'm gonna steal that routine you got going though. I think that's a, a it's awesome. heavy, man. It I mean it's awesome. It is. Steal that and I'm trying to be more consistent with my morning meditation and my morning devotion. Um, but if I if I had to pick a word, it'd be waymaker. My God is a waymaker. Come uh, on. And you mentioned the song. I can't sing. I, I tell people I can sing, right? I tell people I talk Chris Brown. I Go ahead and put in there because I know what song you about to say. <laughs> but Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise, Promise keeper. keeper. You know what I mean? Like it's, ooh, for me, my, my God is a Waymaker. Um, just looking at simply just my life in a in whole and the things he's provided for me and my family, the things he's brought me through. Um, the things that at times I thought there was no way I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Post, and this is a, maybe I can come back on here another time. Um, if I, time. I brought we'll it by, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was a time, um, where after I was done playing and the reason I was done playing, um, I was battling with what I wanted to do next. So it was year six for me. And it's like, it's not fun no more. And it's like, I don't know what I want to do, but I necessarily don't want to play football. And I'm like, should I even continue playing? And I end up getting cut from Houston and going to Tampa Bay. 
and I'm playing in Tampa Bay, but I don't have the same. I, I used to wake up, and I mean, I was crazy. I used to wake up loving to go to practice. I used to wake up loving to go compete because I knew it was a, as I grew older and, and became more confident, I knew this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I need to take advantage of it, right? And I need to, and I mentioned in high school, I just love to compete. So if I get to compete against you in something, we're going to go at it, whether it's taboo, whether it's Uno, whether it's, <laughs> it'd be, now look, know, whatever, whatever just stop you right there. You're not going to beat me in taboo though. I'm just telling you right hey, now. <laughs> hey, taboo gets competitive now. Freedom of the shorts I'll hold when it comes to the holidays and taboo. But anyways, like just seeing everything he brought me through. And at that time I got cut and I went up going to Tampa Bay and um, actually I got cut, didn't thinking I was going to get cut. I was at a wedding when I got cut. The cuts were over. I was at a wedding and I was the best man in the wedding. I ended up getting cut at the wedding and I'm like on the phone, like, okay, so where, where are I going to next? And I'm like, should I just retire? My wife's like, no, let's just see what's happening. And I ended up going to Tampa Bay, meeting some great people out there. But long story short, I started coming along in Tampa Bay towards the end of the middle of the year um and then December 4th 2016 I caught a pass over the middle of the field and then my life changed I got hit in my knee and I end up long story short ended my career seven knee surgeries um deep 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 depression but not knowing I was in depression right treating people like crap not knowing I'm treating my wife and my kids differently you know what I mean um trying to figure out what's next for me not prepared no idea what's going on boom we have triplets boom my, my youngest son has heart surgery and it's nothing but God that he found a way to bring me out of that. He found a way to, you know, make me the dean of students of a middle school when I had, I was applying for something totally different. You know what I mean? It's a, I just, he continues to make a way for me over and over and over again. And um, I guess that's just the word. I'm just grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful. Um, and I'm, I'm praying and I know he'll continue to make a way for me, even moving on. Right. It's just amazing though. That's, that's the only thing I could think of is way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm, I can, I can recite the whole words to the song. Like, it's just, I know. That's, that's what he is. Like, to I'm going to get out here and go play it. I know. <laughs> I, look, I'm telling you that song, that's something to me. So when you said it, I was like, come on here. Yeah, it's, that's a, that's a whole word. And I, I appreciate that testimony. You know, normally I tell people, you know, y'all have to be mindful because with my knees, I'll get up and run, right? My knees bad too. See, so, you know, I don't, hey, don't, don't run. So many of people in my days, but I can't do it now. Yeah. With the knees, maybe, but now no. All right. Okay. She heard it too. You know, she's going to be churchy, but it's, it's, it's just amazing when we think about exactly. And it's crazy because I remember watching that very play. Right. And it's crazy because we end up, we're the ones watching as fans and spectators. We don't know what's taking place, all that you described, the aftermath. But how amazing it is that in spite of everything that we go through, right, where it seems like there's no way out. Yeah. It's like there's just no way. There's nothing that's going to be able to fix it. Yeah. Still can make a way. Yeah. Right? And I'm telling you, that song is just so powerful because it is. When you think about that, like, Waymaker, miracle worker. I'm and and I stop at that miracle workers and tell you right now. And I I will sit here and you know throw my my mic and everything, my laptop. But I need it, right? But been there. And so hearing your testimony and testimonies of so many people every week that come on and talk to me, even the people that like I told you, 
you we we've seen that we were fans still are and the stories of how god brought them through that is truly what allows this platform to flourish right and god to infiltrate the sports community because it unifies us and let's not yeah. know like man i used to watch cecil shorts all the time right but man he don't understand he don't understand what i'd be going through he don't get that right wait a minute cecil shorts just said he, he was having some depression moments and didn't know he was, and God's a way maker. Well, you know what? Let me go back and try him again. It's those moments or why we do this right here. It's those moments that I tell people where I used to try to hold close to my best, my business. Cause I'm like, you don't need to be in my business, but I learned it's not about telling my business. It's about telling the story of how Christ brought, Christ brought us through. Amen. Amen. So when he's, I say he's a way maker and a miracle worker, miracle worker, that I survived a brain aneurysm that they th- said they couldn't pull out. Yeah. Right? Waymaker, miracle worker. And so to those that are listening who don't understand his power, and some will say, well, I've never been through that. That's your waymaker, miracle worker right there. Yeah. You had to experience any of those things. That hedge of protect- protection has been around you, right? But to be able to truly understand that he's a waymaker, that right there is a power alone that you never be able to explain and understand. That's Cecil. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's it's tough sometimes. Take you there when you reflect on it. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. It's it's tough sometimes when, and it's crazy because I'm not a crier, right? I'm not a. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, with you, but when uh, it come down, I'm telling you, when it come down, you just think, like my pastor would say, when I think back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Days, and that's what you're doing. I, catch me too. I'm not a crier either, right? I tell people I'm thug, but when I start to think about what he's done, I'm with you, Cecil. Like I was, and I didn't notice until two years ago. I was um, less than an inch away from having my leg amputated. Mm. And I mean, I it is so much going on, and people, and you mentioned it. People think, oh, you're. A, you know, you're an athlete, you're played in the NFL, you don't, you can't relate to what's going on. Nah, man, mm-hmm. I'm just a normal person just like you. I go mm-hmm. through the same stuff you go through. It's just a camera in my face. That's mm-hmm. that's all. I've learned, and it's sad, I've learned how to mask it. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to push, push through, per se. And I don't think I really pushed through. I just pushed it away. And I dealt with it, right? And so it's still there. So when I was going through my rehab and therapy, it's, it just came back up mm-hmm. that, and that's where depression and anxiety and all this stuff was coming on and I never dealt with it till you know within the last couple of years mm-hmm. and um just thinking back on what could have been yeah what, what could have happened you know what I mean like yeah. what and that, that's why I say weight maker mm-hmm. this I don't know uh like I said I'm Mm-mm. I told myself I was gonna be honest I told myself I was gonna be open I'm like, because this is like therapy for me too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I go to a therapist every Monday. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm crazy, because I need mm-hmm. it. It's necessary. <laughs> you go get a physical, just, I'm sure, I every year. Exactly, okay. I need You had knee surgery? Everything else. So it's like, it, it helps me learn how to, you know, be a better, like I said, leader, father, the whole nine. You know, how to handle situations, different tasks, different uh, techniques. But it's just... I don't know, waymaker. Like I, I can't, I can't say it anymore. It's, it's he's a waymaker. 
You just titled your own episode. I want you to know that. I wish you just like, typically <laughs> it, you know, it kind of comes to me later after I listen again, but you just titled your own episode. Like I'm just laying it right now. Waymaker with Cecil Short third. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm you got me emotional, coach. Hi, coach. Coach Reverend Chelsea, you ain't got me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> listen, hey, as I told you, I always put a disclaimer out there. Oh. runs this ship, right? So don't Oh. You know, it's almost like Loki. If you watch, most be tough. I'm supposed to, you know what it's, I mean. I'm supposed I shape shift. Ah. That's it. <laughs> but I'm feeling you, man. I, I truly do. I, I meet you in that place. Damn. You truly can sit for a minute, and as people don't know, you can sit there and in a minute tears roll down your face. You're like, what's wrong with you, boo? If only you knew, you know. Yeah. But waymaker, that I'm telling you, I'm with you. You are right with me. I'm with you. You know so. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is the servant leader coaches Bible study where faith and servant leadership are the two things that meet us in the forefront, right? And the focal point of this conversation where we are really looking to lay the platform, the playbook, right? Of what that leadership piece, where what it means to lead and serve as Christ would ask us to, right? And so to you, servant leader Cecil Shorts III, what do you feel servant leadership means? How would you define servant leadership? Uh, putting others before yourself. Um, you know, and Jesus was the ultimate server. He came down here and showed us how to live. Um, so for me, when I hear the question, what is the servant leader to me? Um, being there for others seeking different opportunities to be able to serve and, and, and truly genuinely be there for, for other people. Um, it's an opportunity to, uh, the way Jesus showed us how to serve, it's an opportunity for them to see Jesus in us. Mm. It's an opportunity for, for, for God to be seen through us, right? Um, you don't always have to hit somebody in the head with the Bible. The Lord says, Philippians 4.13, you know, you <laughs> You don't, yes. don't got to do that but by your serving, by your heart, by your actions, um, by your humble spirit, by your humility. Um, all that I think is, is what a servant has. And I think that's what a servant, what a servant means. Um, this to truly be like the way, truly be like um, how Jesus gave us the example when he was here for his 33 years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a challenge, but it's something that um, me personally, I think it's, we're all here to do to serve others. Um, I think it's an amazing thing when we do it correctly. I agree. I agree. And the reason why I always ask that, uh, one, the focal point of the platform, but, you know, we all lead in so many different capacities, but I think you said it best, right? It's amazing we're able to lead and do, right? Not by Bible beating, not by overly quoting scripture and doing this, but living the scripture. Living it. Living Living it living and walking it right so that individuals look and say man there's something different about that dude it's a fact i don't know why she like it's just like she has this glow sometimes seem like nothing's ever wrong with them it is but the fact of the matter is we know holds us yeah. we know the way maker yeah in there right <laughs> and so you know, I'm always reminded of uh, servant leader Chris Kreider. I use him and bring him back up. And he always says he's very meek if you talk to him. He's assistant men's basketball coach at Georgia State. 
And he said, a lot of times we feel it's our job to do it all, right? Coach Hub says this as well. Coach Hub says, drop the line. That's all Christ asked you to do. Be fishers of men and drop the line. He didn't ask you to gut them, scale them. He didn't ask mm-hmm. you to do that. He said, drop the line. Coach mm-hmm. Ryder says, it's not our job to Bible beat. It's not our job to do this whole explaining all this. It's our job to walk the walk. It's yeah. our job to walk and live like Christ, be the aroma of Christ, so that when they do say something different, what is it so different about you? We intrigue the thought. And then once they're pulled in, then we share. It's, that's amazing. That's, it hits, that hits the nail on the head. I was always... I don't know if I heard this from a pastor, but like it's our job to be obedient as servants, mm-hmm. not job to save. Right. So when when you talk about throwing the line out, yeah, we throw the line out. We it's our job to be obedient. When the Lord tells us to do something, we need to serve this area, let's do it. And mm-hmm. then as we continue to genuinely have a relationship or whatever the case may be, and the time presents itself, then we'll talk about the gospel. But it's not mm-hmm. our job to save. And I think I at, at one point in time I used to get frustrated. I'm like, why isn't this person listening? Or why isn't this person? I'm like, I'm oh, God. I'm the, I need to be obedient with my yeah. action, how I carry myself, how, how I'm serving this particular person or this particular thing, right? I'm not here to save. That's his job. Yep. I, don't, fact, I don't want to be able to save. That's, that's too much responsibility. <laughs> I got seven kids and a wife already. I can't have nothing else on my plate. Like, no. I, but being obedient and knowing that you don't have to save. You just simply do your job by being obedient mm-hmm. and genuinely. That's what comes to mind when you, I'm sorry, when you talk about that fishing line. That was, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was perfect. I don't take credit. Shout out to Coach Hub at the, <laughs> I always have to do that, at the Catholic University of America. <laughs> but again, that is the most amazing portion of this platform, um, of this podcast, is being able to have truly weekly, bi-weekly professional development and growing in Christ from individuals who, you know, just so happen to cross paths because we love sports, but we delve in sports, right? And that's how, Christ, that's Christ's way. And if we can just be obedient, you know, just watch how God can continue to be a way maker. See, you're awesome, man. I literally, like, I told you, like, I'm just about to go put my feet up, man, and just, just bask in this combo, like, for real, You've, it's, it's amazing how I've always been, I truly have been a fan, right? But to be able to connect and meet with you in this capacity is nothing short of a blessing. So I truly do thank you again for your time and being open and transparent. That's big, right? But just simply pouring your heart to share your story, your testimonies and your message, message of how Christ truly has insected your life, right? To make you obedient and to be a way maker and to share those things with us today no i appreciate you having me and giving me this platform it's uh like i said i think i said it during times like therapy for me to be able to be open to share christ um talk about what he's done in my life um and especially for so long i used to help hold everything in right i used to just mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not telling nobody my business nobody needs to know yeah <laughs> like now when you are able to tell your testimony or talk about your life or be open up right you're helping yeah. somebody sure you never know what others are going through you never know what you know what i mean so just being able to take nuggets from you be able to take nuggets from this conversation is this is this is major so i i'm just grateful that we cross paths 
Likewise, something tells me that we'll stay connected. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to stay connected. <laughs> but of course, before we get out of here, I got to cover you. So bow your head for me really quick. Heavenly Father, we do thank you once again just for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are continue to do, Lord, for us. Not because we deserve it, not because we've done anything special, but simply, Lord, because that's just who you are, a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, light in the darkness. And we thank you, Lord God, just for simply being that. We ask right now, Lord God, that you just continue to help us to decrease as you increase in every aspect of our lives, Lord God. Help us to recognize, Lord God, that if we look to you, Lord God, first, if we seek you first, not second, not last, but if we seek you first, Lord God, and put our trust in you, you will come through, Lord God. I ask that you just put your hands on Cecil and his family, Lord God. Touch them, Lord God. Meet them at their point of need, Lord God. Help him to continue to lead his family, lead in his new capacity, Lord God, as dean, Lord God, and just bless his going out and his going in. But Lord God, most of all, to the listeners now and to the listeners of the podcast, I ask that you help us to just decrease and then illuminate so we can be so that those that may not know you can find you. And yes, in Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, you're praying the house down, ain't you? Come on here. Hey, look, and I'm in the house. So look, we're going to be covered, okay? <laughs> My favorite line of the podcast, Cecil Shorts the Third. you are now officially a part of the Servant Leader family. Oh, that's awesome. Man, we welcome you in. Come on in, take your shoes off, stay a while. <laughs> All, right. All right. Hey, don't Proud tell me that. I'm going to like to like to chill now. Don't tell me that. <laughs> hey, look, you find yourself in Tallahassee, come on. All right, now, I hope you and your husband know how to play spades. Look, you're not trying to come out here and play spades because I'm going to see you right on back, okay? Hey, listen, hey. Look, y'all heard it here wrong. first. We, we slapping them cars down. <laughs> Look, y'all heard it here first, okay? I will clear the table. I will let you bring the deck. You heard it here oh, first, okay? Okay. okay. Diesel right. is going to come down. He's going to play some spades, and I'm going to feed you well now, all right? Ooh. All right. After, because I've been known, I feed folks, and then they said that was my tactic for them to lose. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and I'm gonna call my godmom too, because that's not my role partner. And when we swipe you off this table too, just know we're gonna send you on in Jesus' name. (laughs) I ain't worried about it. You ever you ever been to Boston? I ain't worried about it. (laughs) See, so I appreciate you, man. If there's anything that I could ever do, all you have to do is reach out, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time.